What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Tip Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylar. So today's episode, I'm going to give another preview of today's start to the college football season. Week zero of the college football season begins today with Notre Dame and Navy kicking off at 2.30 today, so that'll be a good one. I'm going to give a preview of a few other games I didn't really mention yesterday, and I'm going to give a deeper look into the game that I was mentioning a lot yesterday. That was a USC game for San Jose State. I'm going to give another preview of that game and maybe even update my predictions as well after going further into detail and research over the last day. So let's start off with one of the games I didn't mention yesterday that was Jacksonville State hosting University of Texas El Paso at Jacksonville State today at 5.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. That game should be a close one. It's actually Jacksonville State's first time playing in the FBS. They're making the transition from the FCS to the FBS. Even though they've played against FBS opponents in years past, this is their first time being an FBS team fully. So now they're playing in the FBS. So this is a debut as an FBS team. They were an FCS team for years, winning seven conference titles since 2014. But now, as I said, this will be their first time at the Division I level playing in the FBS rather than the FCS, which is also Division I, but obviously the lower of the two between the FBS and FCS. So now Jacksonville State's going to be competing in the Conference USA Conference, so that'll be an upgrade for them considering what they're playing in years past in their other division at the FCS. Their quarterback is Zion Webb, who is a mobile passer. He actually had 647 rushing yards last season and 13 touchdowns on the ground. He also averaged 58.8 rushing yards a game to go along with the 55% completion percentage, 10 passing touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. They brought in two transfer wide receivers, one being Jamari Joyner from Arizona and then Dallin Wright from Virginia Tech. Wright actually never played any snaps at Virginia Tech, but he is a big guy, so maybe he can help them out at the wide receiver position. And then Joyner did play at Arizona, had a very good year in 2019, going for five scores in the air and 552 yards as well. So five receiving touchdowns and 552 receiving yards in the 2019 season, but hasn't really done too much since then back in 2019. I'd say the best player overall on defense for the Jacksonville State team is defensive lineman Chris Hardy, who had five and a half sacks last year to go along with 15 and a half tackles for a loss, which is probably the most impressive stat there for him. 15 and a half tackles for a loss is not easy at all. That's more than one tackle for a loss per game, which isn't easy to do at all at the college level. I'd say the best defensive back is Fred Perry, who was a freshman last year. Now he's a sophomore. He actually led the team in tackles with 72 last season to go along with three tackles for a loss, an interception, and a forced fumble. As for UTEP, they were 5-7 and seven last year. Their quarterback is coming back for another year, Gavin Hoddison. He had 11 passing touchdowns last season to eight interceptions in 10 games played. UTEP does have a good offensive line. I'm not sure if they're going to really have the firepower on offense weapons-wise to score a lot this season. They do have their running back coming back from last season. Deion Hankins, who had 740 rushing yards last year to go along with five yards per carry in three rushing touchdowns. He's not going to beat you much in the pass game. He's not really too much of a pass catcher, but he can definitely beat you on the ground getting some strong yards. And then the last guy I'm going to mention here is their best defensive lineman, and that is Brighton Thompson, who is coming back for another year. He had three and a half sacks last season for UTEP. Also, a forced fumble and four tackles for a loss. So my prediction for this game is, I think it's going to be a close one. I think UTEP wins this one, though, 23-20. It should be a close game, though, and an interesting one to watch. Next up I'm going to talk about is the Florida International versus Louisiana Tech game. Louisiana Tech will be hosting FIU today at 9 p.m. on CBS Network. Louisiana Tech was 3-9 and nine last year. They're coming off a tough season. They do have a very good quarterback, though, that's transferring in from Boise State. Hank Bachmeyer, who was the quarterback at Boise State for four seasons. He had 41 passing touchdowns and 19 interceptions in 29 games in his career for Boise State. Also added in three rushing touchdowns in his career as well. Their lead back is Chavez Thornton, who had 464 yards on the ground last year with three rushing touchdowns, averaging 5.8 yards per carry, which is very impressive. 
One player to watch out for in the defense is Cecil Singleton. He's the best defensive back. Had 56 total tackles last season to go along with six tackles for a loss. Two sacks, an interception, two fumble recoveries, three forced fumbles, and five passes defended. As you can tell, he fills the box score there with everything from sacks, interceptions, fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, pass defended, and tackles. He makes plays for the Bulldogs. That's just the best way to put it. And then one other play I want to mention before transitioning is talking about Smoke Harris, a wide receiver for Louisiana Tech, who has a catch in 32 straight games, the seventh longest streak in college football. He's a dangerous returner, only one of two kick returners in college football. That had 200 punt return yards last season and 500 kick return yards last season, which is very impressive. He averaged 27.2 yards per kick return and 12.4 yards per punt return. That's not easy to do at all. He's in line for his best season yet. I think he goes for maybe 8 to 10 touchdowns a season. Last year, he had 65 catches for 635 yards and 5 touchdowns. He has 21 touchdowns in five seasons. I think he has his best year of college football this season. I think he goes for at least eight touchdowns this season for Louisiana Tech. As a Florida International, they were another team that struggled last year, 4-8 and eight last season, losing their last four games to close out the year. Quarterback Grayson James is back at quarterback for them. 11 touchdowns to 11 interceptions last season. Also did add in three rushing touchdowns as well. Their best receiver from last year that's returning is probably Jalen Bracey, who had 39 catches for 294 yards and two touchdowns last season. About two or three of their top receivers all transferred out, one going to Maryland, another going to Auburn. So they have a different looking wide receiver group this year and also tight end group as well. They did lose a few tight ends, but we'll see how they do. They were 4-8 last year, so neither one of these programs really was great last season. 4-8 for Florida International, 3-9 for Louisiana Tech. And one last player I want to mention here with Florida International is their best defensive player, and that is JoJo Evans, a safety that's returning for another season for them. He's a former defensive back at Marshall for the first few years of his college career, went to Kent State for a year, and then played last year at Florida International, where he had 83 total tackles last season for FIU, three and a half tackles for a loss, half a sack, an interception, two passes defended, and a forced fumble. He's a very good player, a guy to keep your eye on. As for predictions in this game, I think it's going to be Louisiana Tech winning this one. I have Louisiana Tech winning this one 34-20 to over Florida International. So like I said at the beginning, I was going to go back into the USC-San Jose State game and give a little bit more of a prediction for that game. I did a lot more research into that matchup more last night. Looked at a lot of highlights, film from both teams, which I think USC is going to be one of the best teams in the country this year. I think their defense that was going to hold them from getting to the college football playoff, probably a hot take to some, but I think that defense is what held them up last season. I think the same thing goes this season, even though they have the firepower to compete with any team on offense in the country. They have the Heisman winner from last season, Caleb Williams. A ton of great receivers as well, a great running back as well. They're a really good team on offense. Their defense held them up last season. I think the story will be the same for them this season as well. I do not have them making it to the college football playoff in my predictions, which I'm going to get to those at some point, probably midway next week. Maybe it'll change. Maybe USC would be in it by then. But as of now, I don't have USC making it to the college football playoff. I'm going to give a whole college football preview, probably middle of next week, maybe Wednesday or Thursday, hopefully. I'll preview the BC season, of course, and go more in depth on that. Talk about UMaine football as well. Uh, but I want to dive more into this game between the University of Southern California and San Jose State. If you look at it, USC's defense was their kryptonite last year, which was the reason they lost to Utah twice, once in the regular season, once in the Pac-12 championship. It's the same reason that they missed out of the college football playoff, losing both of those games to Utah is the reason they didn't make it to the college football playoff last year. And it's also the reason they lost to Tulane in a bowl game last year. They lost to Tulane 46-45 to in their bowl matchup. They lost the game in the final 10 seconds. Tulane went down the field, with their quarterback, Michael Pratt, who has good mobility, could throw on the run and make plays with his legs. He made it very hot on USC throughout the whole game. He goes down the field without a minute to go, scores with 10 seconds left, and gets Tulane the win, 46-45. Which makes me think that San Jose State quarterback, Shevin Cordero, could ball out versus USC too. He's not a player to take lightly for USC in any manner. The Trojans know they have to 
be able to keep him accountable, keep him in the pocket throughout the entire game. Because when he gets out of the pocket and runs, he can be dangerous. And I looked more into his film yesterday, and I see some NFL talent in this guy. A guy that's going to be a popular player as the year goes on, in my opinion. And I think he's going to rise up in draft stock over the year. Last year, he had a very good season. Led the Mountain West in yards per completion at 14.3, which, is, which was also 10th best nationally in the country. And if you look at his stats last year, which I already broke them all down yesterday, he can run. 265 net rush yards last year. Part of the reason it wasn't as high is because he was getting sacked a lot last year, which takes down his net rush yards. Did have nine rushing touchdowns last year. He's not afraid to flush out of the pocket and make plays with his legs and throw in the run. Did add in 3,250 passing yards last season with 23 passing touchdowns and six interceptions with a 61% completion percentage. He's not afraid to throw into tight windows. I think he's best off play action or run pass options. Great poise and composure in the pocket. When he's out of the pocket, though, that's when he's most dangerous. And the RPO makes him even more dangerous to predict for a defense. But when I was watching the two late quarterback, Michael Pratt, go up against USC last year in their bowl game, Pratt was 8 of 17 in that game for 234 yards and two passing touchdowns. Eight completions for 234 yards, which is an average of 29 yards per completion. Meaning USC's defense was awful last year. That was the story of their season. The reason they didn't make the college football playoff last year is because they lost Utah twice, once in the regular season, once in the Pac-12 championship, and the same goes for why they lost in that two-lane bowl game. The defense was the reason that they were held up last season for making a deeper run. And the reality is when I was watching that game for Michael Pratt, I saw a lot of similarities to Cordero's game. And I know Cordero's going up against different competition in the Mountain West that he's facing now with USC. USC's defense, even though that is USC's weakness, it'll be the best defense that Cordero's going to play all season. San Jose State going up against USC, that'll be the toughest test all season, obviously, with USC being the number six team in the country, it's understandable that that's going to be their toughest opponent all season. But at the same time, they could take Cordero lightly, and that's something that USC can't do in this game. They took Pratt lightly in that game last year versus Tulane, and he ripped them up. Eight completions with 234 passing yards and two touchdowns with a long of an 87-yard pass. And in that game, Pratt was sacked four times, so he did get hit behind the line of scrimmage a little. He did add in the 15 carries for 83 rushing yards, including a 40-yard rush for a long. And that's why I think Cordero can be dangerous in this game because I see some similarities in between the film of Pratt last year versus USC and then Cordero as well. And a lot of the film I was watching for Cordero, a lot of it's against Hawaii and some opponents in the Mountain West. But at the end of the day, you could be taken lightly by a big team. USC could be going into this game saying, oh, we're going to beat them anyways. We'll take them a little lightly. They're not going to put in as much effort as they would for, let's say, if they're playing UCLA. But the reality is this. Cordero's not a guy to take lightly, and I think he can put up some big plays in today's game. And I said that yesterday, and now after looking into it even more, I'm more confident in Cordero in this game. And as I said, Cordero and Pratt have similar abilities. I'd say Pratt's a better runner than Cordero, but Tulane's offensive line last year was better than San Jose State's. And Cordero had to deal with that offensive line all last season. Still put up some good numbers. He made it work and made the offensive line look better than they probably were. But for Pratt last year for Tulane, he made that defense for USC stay on their toes the entire game. The entire game. And even though Pratt's a better runner, Cordero can still make plays, extend plays, and make people miss with his elusiveness and his legs. And that's something he's going to have to do today. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Cordero to make plays. Since that offense with San Jose State is going to rely on him a ton. He's the best player on that team and probably the best player overall in the Mountain West Conference. It makes sense that there's going to be a lot of pressure on him today to carry that team. And with what I saw in that two-lane win, gives me the idea that USC may struggle against Cordero as well defensively. Even though USC is the best offense in the country and more firepower than just about any offense in college football, and that's why I think it might be tough at San Jose State to keep up scoring-wise, but I think they could score on USC's defense. 
But if it's a shootout, they're not going to be able to outscore USC because USC is probably not going to punt too many times in this game. Unless you get Caleb Williams, maybe throw an interception or two, which he has made mistakes before, not many last year, but he can make a mistake every now and then. Then it would be tough for San Jose State to keep up in this game because if you punt the ball a few times, you probably already lost this game considering how good USC is on offense. But I'm not going to go in here and doubt Cordero, and I'm not going to doubt San Jose State either. The 31.5-point underdogs in this game, I think San Jose State could score 30 points in this game on their own. And as of right now, I know our prediction yesterday was different, but after watching a lot of film, reading about USC's defense, reading about Cordero, and looking into it even more deeper than I did yesterday, I changed my prediction. And I'm going to go with USC still winning this game, but I'm going to go with a USC win 41-30. to I think San Jose State will be in this game more than people give them credit for. I think Cordero is going to throw for three touchdowns. I think he's capable of maybe even running for one as well. And in that case, it might be a 41-31 game if it were to be four touchdowns and a field goal for San Jose State. But I'm going to go with 41-30 in this game. I think Cordero has at least three touchdowns. And I see some upset potential here in this game here for San Jose State. And that's not saying I think San Jose State's going to win. What I mean by upset potential is they're going to make USC sweat the whole game and keep them nervous the entire game. You're going to make them nervous and make them feel the pressure the entire game. Make USC sweat a bit. That's what I think San Jose State's going to do in this game. 41-30 is my prediction. Maybe if San Jose State plays a little better defense, maybe it's a little bit lower scoring. It's, let's say, a 37-27 game, 37-24. could be something like that. But I think Cordero is going to make plays today. And an interesting thing I learned looking more into Cordero yesterday was that he went to St. Louis High School in Hawaii where he was the backup quarterback for three years in high school for two attack of Aloha. Then after high school was over, Cordero committed to Hawaii and then just transferred to San Jose State last season, where he led the entire conference in the Mountain West Conference in pass yards and passing touchdowns last season. And I think he takes another step up this year as well. He has 68 passing touchdowns to 28 interceptions in his career with 22 rushing touchdowns as well in 48 career games. So that's 90 total touchdowns there in his current 48 total games. I think he's very capable of another really good season. Now this is his sixth year in college football, so he obviously has seen a lot of looks and has seen a lot of opponents. I think he goes for 30 passing touchdowns this season and 10 rushing touchdowns. I think he's going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to be watching all year. If you look at the group of five quarterbacks, I think he's one of the biggest ones that stands out to me. I think he's one of the biggest ones of the group five quarterbacks that stands out to me. I think Cordero is going to have a very good season. And even though San Jose State isn't really expected to do much this season, they weren't really expected to do much last year either. They were 5-7 in 2021 before Cordero got there. He goes there in 2022, and then they were 7-5 and five and made a bowl game. I would say a similar result for them this year as well. I think they go 7-5 and five again this year and make another bowl game. And Cordero was actually the Mountain West Conference preseason offensive player of the year pick. And you can see why when you watch him play. He's not afraid to throw into tight windows, has very good arm strength, uses his legs very well. And has very good touch on a lot of his passes. He throws into tight windows very often and finds receivers. Only 28 interceptions in his current 48 total games. And with a lot of the passes he throws, it probably should be more than that. He's just very accurate as a quarterback and is a smart quarterback as well. Now this is his sixth year in college football. He's seen a lot and he's a veteran to the game. I think he takes another step up this season as well. And like I mentioned, I think he's most dangerous off the play action or a run pass option. When the defense thinks it could be a run play and he throws a zip over the middle. He's a very good arm. I saw a couple highlights of him using some play action to his advantage and just throws right over the middle and gets the ball to the receiver in a hurry. And speaking of receivers, 
His top receiver is back for another season. It was his top receiver last year, and that is Justin Lockhart, a wide receiver for San Jose State. 36 catches for 578 yards last season and a touchdown. He's six foot two, 200 pounds. I expect him to have more than a touchdown this season. I'd say he goes for maybe five or six this season at least, especially if I think Cordero goes for 30 passing touchdowns this year. I'd imagine Lockhart gets at least five, six, maybe seven touchdowns this upcoming season. So Lockhart's a player to keep your eye on. And then the top defensive player is returning as well. And that is Brian Parham, who was very good last year for them. 74 total tackles for that San Jose State defense, along with five tackles for a loss, three sacks, two passes defended, two forced fumbles. Very impressive film as well when I was watching him. Great pursuit. Big hitter can make plays. Can fill the stat box, whether it's tackles, tackles for a loss, sacks, pass defended, forced fumbles. He's got San Jose State covered in each one of those categories. He's a very impressive tackler, like I said. So that's a guy definitely to keep your eye on. I think you can make big plays for them this season, maybe even today against USC, hopefully. We'll see how they do. I think this team, whether they even get blown out today, let's say by 40 points, which is possible considering how good USC is on offense, I think they're going to be in this game today. Like I said, I think they're going to be in this game more than people give them credit for. I think 31 and a half points as an underdog in this game is disrespectful to San Jose State. I'm not saying this team is a national powerhouse. I'm not saying that by any means, but I think that team is a lot better than a 31.5 point underdog, especially with how good of a quarterback I think Cordero is. I think 31.5 points is too much, and then you add in the fact that USC's defense was one of the worst in the Pac-12 last season. Even though they had the best offense, their defense struggled the entire season. And as I said, that was the main reason they didn't make it to the college football playoff last year. The defense held them up from beating Utah at least one of those two games. They beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship, let's say. They probably end up making it to the college football playoff. But with that loss, it stapled their chances and ended their chances to making it further, obviously, and try to make something more out of their season. They had one of the best teams in college football last year, but they struggled because of that defense. I think the defense is going to be still an issue for them this upcoming season as well. So I think 31 half points is a lot for them to cover, even if San Jose State does lose this game by, let's say, 30. They'd still cover that 31 and a half points. I think they'll be within that. I think it's going to be closer than that, actually. I think it'll be a two-score game. As I said in my predictions now, it's a lot closer than what I had yesterday. I had it being, I believe, a 48-26 game yesterday. Now I took down some points from USC and put up a little bit more points there for San Jose State in my prediction. We'll see what happens. I wouldn't be too surprised if... USC were to go out here and just go off and blow them up because that's what USC probably should do considering how much firepower they have in the wide receiver group, at quarterback, and they should have a better defense than they do. You're a Pac-12 team that is a national powerhouse and is number six overall in the country heading into this season in the polls. So they should be better than that. They should be better than having a close game with San Jose State. But I think San Jose State's going to play with an edge tonight. I think they're going to catch some eyes. And as I said, I think Cordero is good enough here to go out there and make plays and keep San Jose State in this game. And I think USC could take them lightly. That happens every now and then where a big opponent faces a small school and the big school ends up taking that small school lightly and the small school's really playing with a chip in their shoulder because they have nothing else to prove in that game. Since everybody's already counted them out and given them no shot, that's when a lot of greatness can happen, when you're counted out completely. When you're counted out and everybody gives you no shot, when you've already exceeded expectations just by keeping it a close game, that would be a win for San Jose State right there. If they just keep it a close game with, with, her, with USC here, that would be a win on their own. Because San Jose State is a heavy underdog in this game, and nobody's really giving them any chance. But that's why I think 31.5 points is too much here for USC to cover. Considering they only beat two teams last season, Colorado and Rice, by more than 31 points, I think San Jose State's going to be in this. They won seven games last season and have a very good quarterback, a good running back in Kyrie Robinson, and the Justin Lockhart wide receiver, and then Parham at linebacker. And they do play hard, too. They play with a chip in their shoulder. And with what I saw in that film yesterday, they embody what I like in a team. 
a team that gives it their all every possession, doesn't quit, and gives you everything they have each and every second of the game. They never quit. And that's what I saw in the film. And everybody knows, for me, loving the Clippers and Russell Westbrook and countless other players as well, I love players that give it their all when they're on the floor or on the court or on the field. And that's what I saw there with that San Jose State team. I saw some dogs in that team that play hard and give it their all every single possession of the game. They play with the chip on their shoulder. And that's what you need, especially in a game like this when you're going up against a big opponent like USC. It's a night game. USC's hosting the number six team in the country. And everybody in the country's already counted you out and said you have no shot in this game. You got to listen to all of that, take it in, use it as motivation, and just fight for every person that's on your team out there. Give everything you have every single play because you know you have to give it your all and that's what you owe to your teammates. So I think it's going to be a close game that people give that San Jose State team credit for tonight. As I said, wouldn't be surprised if USC won that game by 40 just because of the firepower they have and all the talent they have on that team considering they're the number six team in the country. But I think San Jose State is getting counted out. They're getting counted out in this game. 31.5 point underdogs, that's too much in my opinion. So we'll see what happens in that game. I'm excited to watch it tonight at 8 o'clock as I mentioned already. Anyways, I will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. I will see you guys in the next episode.